0: And I felt the medicinal benefits immediately.
1: Wow. And
0: it really changed my life. And then that was in the 70s when I started smoking Colombian gold, Panama red, Thai stick, skunk. These were such medicinal strains that I really realized in an early age and right there early in my disability that this was actually helping my recovery more than the pills. So I began preaching right away, talking to my doctors, talking to other patients, saying, try this herb try this. And I, I really recognized how it was helping a lot of people's quality of life.
1: Got a lot of love. Yeah, that's for sure. Got music and movies. It's medicine too, said it's medicine to baby.
2: Welcome to The Edge Show, your award-winning podcast, sponsored by Kara's Healthcare and the Relevant app. And the opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of our producer, A-Edge Productions. I'm your co-host, Brandon Lee, and here's your host... Wendy, love Edge. How's it going, Wendy?
1: Hey, everyone. I want to point out that we don't dispense medical advice, and all your health choices are your own. This is season six, episode thirteen, Quality of Life, Disability, and Cannabis. How are you this week, Brandon?
2: I am doing fantastic. Um, I feel like I'm on top of the world, you know we we won an award from the Black Apple Awards uh last week and mm-hmm. just been on cloud nine how you doing
1: me too it's really uh it really feels good uh for the community to vote for us and help bring the show forward a little more we've been nominated a few times so i was uh, really pleasantly surprised and excited um with our win this time what a great art uh, community we have art music film all of it here in northwest arkansas
2: Yeah, I feel so lucky to be even named a part of that kind of stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and as soon as I found out that we won the award, it just, it all goes back to the people that produce and and put this Mm -hmm. stuff together. And Wendy, I know how hard you work with all these interviews and how much uh, time it can consume in a day. Uh, And it's pretty amazing what everyone can do. So just really proud of everyone, the whole team and really proud of what you do. I mean, this is this is the 13th episode. But it's been a lot of seasons and uh, it's pretty yes. amazing that, you know, and how far you've come and how far the uh, show has.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. And I absolutely agree. This team, uh, this season is just absolutely phenomenal. Each season has its own feel, but I really think uh, we've kind of really come into it and assembled the right people the right creative crew and 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 a fabulous producer of course um so uh, and and shout out to fptv and to all of the stations that air the show but you know really we started on fptv and uh dan robinson and the crew there you know taught me and angela and all of us how to do this you know yeah well, I, uh, I
2: call him the doctor for a reason dr dan Yes, uh, it's it's pretty amazing that uh, the facilities and things that that can really uh, develop all the skills. And we've just been so lucky in our community. And and mm-hmm. look how it grows. I I encourage people to go out and try things that you may be scared of or mm-hmm. don't know if you got it all together, because, Wendy, I know you can attest that um, it takes progress. It takes learning. It takes mistakes. Yes. Um, and it but it takes you starting. And so mm-hmm. it's so amazing how far it, it's come.
1: Yeah, you know, Angela and I started with a show called The Bulldozer Health Show. It was uh, th- uh, produced through the nonprofit I had, Bulldozer Health, as this show originally was as well. And uh, anyway, when I look back at those first episodes, <laughs> um, I mean, the film, we started actually with only audio. And I started sitting on my bed raving about the healthcare system. <laughs> and then she would take it and make it into an episode and then uh one day we were recording at the Fayetteville Public Library and she said to me you know we could probably do this with film at FPTV you know and that's kind of how it all started and so when I when I listen and look back at those episodes I kind of laughed myself a little bit I mean yes you know (laughs) but how much
2: you grow and Mm -hmm. and that's the thing it's like I always encourage people that have the the thought or a passion to go do what you're doing you know you're explaining things that really do affect people's lives and help people and Mm -hmm. uh someone may have a subject matter or something that they really like to get on a soapbox and talk about and uh, I encourage you guys to do that and follow those things and it's just what it is it's amazing there's so many people back behind you that uh -hmm. that help out and help produce and uh and make the show what it is so so many awesome guests too
1: Yes, uh, it's been sure. incredible how
2: many guests you've been able to just uh, scramble up uh, into these shows, so it's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, Dan said to me one time, um, you know, it, it's it's awesome when you're bringing in Fayetteville people, but Wendy, you're like opening the world to Fayetteville, you know, bringing yeah. guests from all over the world, really. I mean, last yes. week was an interview with uh, with an expert from Israel, you know, and it, 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 so it's very exciting that, to see the progress and, you know, we're talking about quality of life today. You know, live into your dreams. That's really where the quality comes in.
2: It's pretty amazing what people can do uh, if they're inspired.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. You know, I um, have disabilities and um, one thing that cannabis did for me was help me to change my mind. So my journey really started with changing my mind to the positive and deciding I could be healthier and that I could still do things. And for me, the cannabis medicine really enhanced that feeling and helped me to believe that I could do it. And and it helped with some symptoms. So for me, it absolutely improved um, and continues to improve my quality of life. It Um, seems
2: like also that some of those medications uh, that they use for uh, pain management, things like that, and talk to your doctor. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's a big part of it is, is coming up with that game plan. Uh, someone that is very accepting of cannabis um, and its uses and its medicinal uses and come up with a game plan because there's a lot of things that uh, that cannabis can take the place of
1: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, with way less setbacks and things like side that, that side mm-hmm. effects of medications and, um, right. and help your quality of life.
1: Yeah, I, for me, the you know, I uh, ended up on 16 pharmaceutical drugs, pills and injections and, you know, addicted to opiates and all of it. But a lot of the drugs were given to ameliorate the side effects of another drug, you know, yeah. and that's what happens with a lot of people that polypharmacy that really can bog you down. Again, we're not physicians, but, uh you know, talk to your doctor, talk to um, healers and health professionals and gather your own information as well and you know you never know the quality of life is really the key you know we're here for this life and let's make it the best that we can despite challenges. I mean we're, we're always going to have some challenges. you may not have particular disabilities or heavy illnesses that are holding you back or maybe you do um, but I think that exploration of finding that balance and how can I have? A life that I can enjoy and feel good about, you know? right?
2: And and we also got to remember that it's only for the moment right now. You know, we you you never know if you could have a disability tomorrow or the next right. day or or someone in your family that is. So you got to remember the quality of your life, um, and not it's it's a big part of it. You know, um, I'm talking to a friend that is going through stuff where he's just now being disabled, mm-hmm. and and it's it's a it's an effect on the psyche. You know, it it can get you down and depressed and it can get you to where you don't, you kind of want to give up because you're not able to have that quality of life um, Mm -hmm. that you did have. Right. But um, I think some people take it as a challenge, you know, uh, and take it as, hey, I can get up and do this. And I think that is when we find that those people that do that, that have disabilities and make it an ability, Mm -hmm. uh, something that they really thrive to show off and say, hey, I overcome this, seems like. Those people seem to be the happiest. And even in those moments, they can have their their moments. So sure, right. um, it's not, I always say,
1: journey. you know, health and wellness is not a straight line. You know, you're you may, uh, you know, a lot of diseases wax and wane and uh, you may feel OK one day and worse the next. But, you know, overall, just look at what you want from your life and know that there are different paths that you can go down to find what will make you happy and enjoy your life. Because that's yes. really what it's set, all about. You know? Yes,
2: and setting goals for all of that stuff is incredible. Uh, you'll be absolutely amazed if the stuff that you write down um, and you set those goals for yourself. And, and that can be things like get off this medication or, mm-hmm. um, or uh, be healthier or be able to walk up the stairs, even small things like that, that mm-hmm. you can uh, teach your body to do if you're capable of doing it and, and having that quality of life at any point, uh, and trying to make it something that is, is worth living for, you know?
1: Yes, absolutely. And speaking of that, coming up next, my interview with Ken Estes. Mm-hmm. 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 Joining me now is Ken Estes. Ken is a philanthropist, American entrepreneur and an inspirational testament to the excellence a determined spirit can achieve. At 18 years old, a motorcycle accident left him a quadriplegic. He later became instrumental in changing the landscape of wheelchair accessibility in the world. And in 2003, he introduced the cannabis strain, Granddaddy Purp, one of the most distinct and renowned strains in the world. Welcome to the show, Ken.
0: Great. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks for having me.
1: I'm, I,
0: so I'm, enjoy, I'm going good. to enjoy talk about this. I always talk about cannabis, but there's a chance for me to talk about disabilities and people who are suffering. I mean, we all have a disability. I mean, I always see that. The, I mean, the very few people I've met that I, I think are so together that they're not suffering from whether it's mentally or spiritually or bad diets or anger or so many different things you can go on about.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I'm glad really I get to point. kind of talk. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, I'm glad I get to talk about disability. And that kind of sharpened my teeth on learning how to do activism. So, I really got started with activism with Dan O'Hara. And I was um, quadriplegic and wil- in, in paralyzed and neck down. I was 18. I was in a hospital. And one day, this, this Irish man, hey, can how you doing? My name's Dan O'Hara. And um, I said, oh, nice to meet you. I, what are you doing here? Um, I was you know he was disabled he came to America he got off a plane to San Francisco he got a taxi to Oakland he got out to use the uh, actually caught a bus there and he went out in the Greyhound bus station in Oakland
1: mm-hmm. and while
0: he was using the urinal somebody struck him on the back of the head with a board
1: oh and paralyzed
0: gosh. paralyzed him from the neck down
1: Whoa.
0: he actually did like me he was incomplete so he actually got a little arm movement and was able to wheel his own chair around
1: mm-hmm.
0: and He came to motivate me and to talk to me. And this was kind of something he was doing. He was an activist. And right at that point then, we had no disabled parking. And there was no wheelchair ramps out or anything like that. So we both um, uh, just connected. And he started coming back to me and talking to me. And I was in Walnut Creek at that time at the hospital. And he actually lived in Walnut Creek, too. And he was doing this activism stuff he was telling me about. And saying would you like to you know work with me on this and i said oh yeah i would love to now i'm in the disabled world i mean what can i do i want to help Mm -hmm. myself and i want to you know if i can help others i wasn't really thinking more or less that i was actually thinking more about helping myself Mm -hmm. and learn from somebody who kind of knows what they're doing sure and uh, it seems like
1: uh, that was sort of meant to be the two of you teaming up and getting together um, with similar circumstances and, and kind of a spirit to learn more, help yourselves, and in turn, help others. I love that.
0: Correct. That that was a big inspiration because he was going around speaking places and going around speaking to churches and saying, how come you guys have to carry me up these stairs, my chair, to get into a church? And mm-hmm. you say that everyone, the church is saying everyone has access, and we all want everybody in but I'm noticing disabled people and wheelchair people outside the church. You come outside to give us a sandwich or talk to us. How come we can't come in? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he actually decided to wheel his wheelchair across America to Washington, DC, where he met Ted Kennedy mm-hmm. and news and every city he went into. There was always news stories. I'd be at home and he would call me up on my phone. I would talk to him and he'd say, Oh, I'm in uh, Where where with I'm in Oklahoma now, or I'm in, um, wherever, all the different states that he went through, in mm-hmm. Mississippi. And, and it took him, I forget how long, because it's been so long ago, it was in the 70s. Sure. But he got there, and when he did get to Washington, D.C., it happened to be at the time when all the churches were there, and all the pastors and preachers, and they mm-hmm. had a big, a big meeting in Congress. And Ted Kennedy had known about Dan O'Hara, and he said, hey, Dan, come on in here, I want you to speak he said oh no no yes yeah, speak in front of this congress come up wow. with me and speak in front of this these mm-hmm. religious leaders
1: mm-hmm. and
0: tell them about how they, there's no access to churches and you can't get into churches mm-hmm. and you want to go in there and 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 get the blessing of god and you were a believer and and you just feel like you were kind of left out mm-hmm. so ted kennedy backed off and let him speak and he was yeah hi everyone you know i just wanted to say i don't have access to You know, that's a bad Irish voice, probably, you know, but (laughs) he he just said how he didn't have access to the churches Mm -hmm. and it really convicted everybody. And it was amazing how him doing that right away, churches began putting wheelchair ramps in. Wow. And they all had a meeting to agree to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like one person had that kind of effect. Right. And that's when I realized that one person
1: can have an effect. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it, it must've had a huge impact on you because you have used your voice uh, for the disabled as well and gotten involved. Um, and, and you may have started, as you said, for yourself, which there's nothing wrong with that, but then you realize that you can have an impact on others in such a positive way. Um, what are your thoughts now about disability? You know, there's still some stigma attached to it and there's still access problems some places. Oh, well,
0: it's an uphill bite. It's an uphill fight, mm-hmm. like with my, my friends of color with women, with disabled people. We all still have a journey. Mm-hmm. The fight's not over. I don't know if we're in the middle of the fight or we're still at the beginning of it, or you know, there's still people who don't really want to have to deal with us, who still kind of see us as lesser than. Mm-hmm. And we have to fight this fight to, to get a right where we get a, a chance at going to school. Mm-hmm. And that's what saved me was going to college. And back then in California, they had the disability rights, and um, that 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 whole group is kind of disbanded, and it's not around anymore. But they they were able to pay me to go to school.
1: That's fantastic. You you went through school after you became a quadriplegic, obviously, because you were just eighteen when this happened. Yeah. Um, yeah correct. Mm-hmm. So you well, had. I lived in,
0: I lived in an old folks' home.
1: That's where I mean I was the
0: youngest guy there. It was all old people, but. There was a wheelchair, you know, the the woman that, that worked there said, hey, well, I'll see if I can get you into here to, to get a place to live. And the community college was just down the street.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I actually willed to school every day, wow. And whether it was rain or what. Mm-hmm. And so I went to these and I began to speak and explain why I wanted this scholarship. And there wasn't many disabled people at school at that time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was able to make probably brought in two to three thousand dollars a month just on grants and scholarships. Wow. which kept me going to school and in fact i thought man i want to go to school forever <laughs> i mean i feel safe here
1: mm-hmm. i
0: get paid to go right i was a journalism major an english major i eventually went to hayward state nice and um, nice. um, but you know, but then again i had a friend who said hey i've got some money from my my accident would you like to do business together mm-hmm. so then i looked into tanning and hair salons for some reason i said hey we can spend fifty thousand, and we can do this So I was activist with Uh O'Hara and I actually had my own business. Nice. Then I got out of college and began making money.
1: Nice. That's that's an amazing story and inspirational for all of us, really. Um, So you've also spent most of your adult life fighting for the legalization of cannabis and uh, developing cannabis strains for medical use. and you you went through multiple raids on your gardens and dispensaries you've been through a lot and you brought us granddaddy perp (laughs) which is amazing um so what are your thoughts about cannabis and disability and cannabis as a businessman as and disabled man what are your thoughts about that
0: well disabilities i don't think i would have got through it without cannabis because when i was first injured i was in a rehabilitation center in Vallejo which had a lot of Vietnam vets there mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't really use marijuana they had me on a handful of pills mm-hmm. and I just wasn't sleeping and I felt horrible so I, I really turned to the Vietnam vets who told me come over here and smoke this I said what marijuana
1: mm-hmm.
0: Oh, what the hell I'm on pills anyway let's try it and I felt the medicinal benefits immediately wow and it really changed my life and then that was in the 70s when I started smoking Colombian gold, Panama red, Thai stick, skunk. These were such medicinal strains that I really realized in an early age and right there early in my disability that this was actually helping my recovery more than the pills. So Mm -hmm. I began preaching right away, talking to my doctors, talking to other patients, saying, try this herb, try this. And I I really recognized how it was helping a lot of people's quality of life Mm -hmm. using the cannabis instead of alcohol because legally they said oh I'll just drink i had people tell me here have a couple of shots this will help you hmm. and it kind of did it took me out of my funk, sure but it didn't have no long-term really benefits the <laughs> cannabis was like total medicinal smoking oh i feel good i want to like study i want to go to school right. i want to do things you know i began to feel motivated all because of cannabis
1: so that's interesting that you mentioned that it actually motivated you, uh, helped you to stay focused and, and achieve your goals. You know, there's so much stigma surrounding cannabis. And uh, people think, you know, it'll kill your brain cells, it'll make you, uh, you know, just lying on the couch and not motivated. But you, you didn't see that your quality of life improved, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, no, I noticed right away that Um, I think that the people who are unmotivated and lazy, they already bring that to the table. It's not really cannabis that does that. Mm -hmm. I was noticing that those of us who were kind of motivated and worked hard, cannabis was just a part of something that kind of helped me with my physical pain of sitting in a wheelchair all day long. Mm -hmm. I could go to my apartment or going out to my vehicle in the middle of the day, have a hit, ah, felt better, go back to school, Mm -hmm. do my homework. So there, there was a total medicinal benefit I couldn't ignore where I just talked to everyone and told everybody. And, and people would do like you said, would like, come on, man. You're like going to be on dope, dude. You're going to be like
1: mm-hmm. brain
0: dead, you know? And, mm-hmm. and it was like, that wasn't really what happened at all.
1: Right. That's important. It's a very important point. So would you say where cannabis, quality of life and disability kind of intersect is
0: uh is a really positive thing oh it totally had me turned around mm-hmm. i i wanted to go to school i felt motivated i i wasn't depressed i didn't feel the anxiety of not sleeping right of not eating right i used to tell people back in the early days that there are two things you need when you're recovering from an illness or an injury and that is sleeping and eating mm-hmm. if you can't deal with those two then you're going to have a hard a hard time and cannabis dealt with both those issues i would sleep all night and feel good i didn't have nightmares that i that i've had after my accident kind of the accident happening in my head and and the disability and the stress and the way people looked at me and after i was doing the cannabis i just wasn't really caring too much and i i kind of just started focusing on myself and self-love and trying to um educate myself so that I could actually participate and maybe get a job and maybe um make a living mm-hmm. and later down the road you know I started meeting different women and I would start dating and nice. I started realizing I could have sex after about six years into my accident
1: mm-hmm.
0: a woman that I was with was experiment with me and wow I was able to ejaculate again
1: nice and I thought,
0: oh my god oh this was one of my biggest depressed things that maybe I wouldn't find a girlfriend maybe I don't get to experience sexual contact Mm -hmm. and then I did and that was like totally turned my life around too because now I would I you know then later I got a woman pregnant and then I had children and I was told I couldn't do that
1: talk about quality of life um brought to you by cannabis (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes yeah i really have i used to start city council meetings back when i was fighting for cannabis and the city council meeting my beginning argument was or statement at, at speaking at city councils was medical marijuana saved my life mm-hmm. and people back then was like oh that was a pretty strong statement mm-hmm. and then i would explain how it did it and i did notice city council members and people in the audience quiet listening to me so it was having an impact on people
1: mm-hmm. for sure For sure. It's such an inspirational story and also a testament to, you know, sometimes in mainstream medicine, allopathic doctors, they tell people these things, you know, um, you know, you may never walk again, or you may never have children. They don't don't even say you may, they say, no,
0: no, they tell you, you're
1: not, you're not going to right.
0: they actually convince you they want you to be convinced, which I was, Mm -hmm. but I didn't give up. That was kind of what cannabis did to me, too. It caused me to quit giving up. Do you want to try this or not? Do you want to die? I did kind of, mm-hmm. but there was a point in my life I finally said, No, I don't. I'll do this. I'll try. There's other people doing it. There are people even worse than me I was noticing. Mm-hmm. So, what would I complaining about? Let me pick up my luggage and let me get back on the road. You're giving me, go to me
1: goosebumps, Ken. <laughs> you know this is you know we make our lives what what I've always believed this we manifest what we want and many times people don't realize that and they're manifesting what they don't want we're we're told these things from all different angles and it really depends on your own beliefs and and the will to keep going forward and we see that in in your life so beautifully thank you so much for giving us this shining example,
0: you know? No, I, I, I don't know where that fighter in me came, but when it did show itself, mm-hmm. I all of a sudden did become a fierce fighter, working for disabled rights, being outspoken, telling people that, you know, it's not me on cannabis that you should be worried about. It's you guys drinking too much alcohol, taking too much pills. Mm-hmm. There's things worse than this. And they would say, no, that's gotta be the worst, man. If I was you, dude, I'd wanna be dead. And I say, yeah, I understand that. I kind of felt the same way, but I realized I have one life and I really don't want to be dead. I actually want to try to live it to the fullest. No matter what I have, I want to try to have as much fulfillment as I can get. And then I, you know, I felt like I achieved it from, from having girlfriends to having children, to um, having a job, to making money, Mm -hmm. to having friends, to being able to go to concerts, go to movies go out to nice restaurants. It's like, wow, I'm living a pretty fulfilled life. In fact, I started realizing that my physical disability in a wheelchair, even without gripping my hands and I'm struggling so bad, i watch people looking at me, but I realized that a lot of people with depression and mental illness, bipolar, with certain things they're dealing with anger, I would rather sit in my wheelchair and not be in their body that's walking around. Mm -hmm. because of the torment they're going through emotionally and in their own head and Mm -hmm. the hate they have. And I didn't really feel all that. So I really felt like cannabis really helped me find that spot where I wasn't a hater Mm -hmm. and I wanted to live and I wanted to inspire.
1: Well, you've definitely done that. Um, So where can people get in touch with you?
0: You can go to Instagram, Ken's GDP or on Facebook, and I have a friend, Jamal, who works with me. And he's been, I'm up in the mountains with no Wi-Fi. Oh, and I live on a farm up there. Uh-huh. So right now I have him looking at the Facebook and, and giving me um, comments from people every day. And I'm always com- um, reaching out to people every day nice. that reach out to me. So you can look at me up on Facebook, Ken Estes. Well, thank you. People.
1: All of your contributions for disabled people, for cannabis, for medicine. It's just so inspiring. And thank you so much for joining me.
0: Oh my pleasure Wendy. Thank you and keep up the good work.
1: Joining me now is our Food as Medicine Minute creator, cannabis educator and advocate, Miss Teddy. Welcome Miss Teddy. So thank you for having me. Today we're talking about quality of life and I wanted to get your take. So we're talking about Cannabis, quality of life, and disability. Mm-hmm. And um, I wondered how you feel about, is, d- has cannabis improved your quality of life? And if so, in what way? Oh my goodness. Uh, not only has it improved my
3: quality of life, it literally gave me life. Mm-hmm. So when I was in Texas, um, cannabis was so very, very illegal. Mm-hmm. And um, they just had me pumped so full of pharmaceuticals that I was really close to 400 pounds when I moved down here and started using it medicinally and learning about it and having access to what I needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started losing weight, I it actually gave me a career,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, it um it opened my eyes very grateful that mm-hmm. I did find cannabis and, and continue to pursue it. Because when I was in the treatment center in Texas, they, um, wanted me to admit that cannabis was part of my problem. And my mom and I would both refuse, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like my my mom would say she, no, all the other drugs are the problem. Cannabis was helping her. Right. You know, so let's not, let's not try to do that. And so my mom was um, on the understanding that as soon as I got out of the treatment center, I was still going to continue with cannabis.
1: Mm -hmm. I think there's still a lot of stigma amongst uh, some parts of our health system, um, whether it's, you know, in the addiction section um, or some physicians, there's just not enough education to health professionals presently. Um, So I'm glad you stood your ground because if you know, that it's actually helping you to have a better life. Um, You know, sometimes you have to take a stand and say, no, that's not what's happening, what you're telling me. I'm so glad that you did that. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that since I was 16. Mm -hmm.
3: So I've been, I've been advocating for cannabis um, ever since I was 16. My mom right along with me. So she um, has supported me ever since I was 16 because she did see did it change the quality of life? I mean, I was um, prescribed methamphetamine mm-hmm. when I was 12 years old because of my weight. And then um, when they wow. took me off the methamphetamine, you know, you're going through some sort of depression because mm-hmm. you're off of that methamphetamine. So they wanted to give me Valium mm-hmm. back then because I think that's one of the the only sedative ones they had. And I'm we're talking a 12 and a 13 year old child wow. that they're prescribing speed and then and, and Valium because she's, she's too hyper because we gave her speed. So let's give her Valium so she can sleep yeah. at night. That's so, the trap
1: of pharmaceuticals often, you know, one pill leads to another pill because you have to take care of the side effects of the first pill. Um, and, and it sounds like as an adult, once you're in Texas where cannabis was not legal it's still not it's it's so such a minute amount that's legal even now (laughs) Um, you know it sounds like you kind of got in that pharmaceutical trap again in your life Um, oh yeah you know so now that you're in a state where now it's fully legal in New Mexico right (laughs) Um, at least you have that access um, to to the medicine that really seems to help you have a quality of life. So, exactly, yes. exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this show. Your film's coming up in a little while. And uh, we're so delighted to have you on the EDGE show every week. Oh, thank you. Thank
3: you so much. I love being part of it. And congratulations on the Black Apple Award.
1: Yes, and congratulations to you. We, it belongs to all of us. And uh, we're very excited to now be the award-winning EDGE show. Uh, yeah. Thanks for chatting with me, Miss Teddy. Joining me now is courage and cannabis author, cannabis advocate, and activist, Candy Flores. Welcome to the show, Candy.
4: Hi, Wendy. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm so glad you're here. It's great to see your face. We did a recent interview that was audio only. Um, so it's really nice to connect uh, your face with your voice. Um, My thank you. Um, so today we're talking about disability, quality of life, and cannabis. And uh, I wondered um, with your story if you feel the quality of life for you has improved.
4: Yes, most definitely. I'd say um, my quality of life is definitely way better than it was before. I'm yeah. No longer taking medication, so I'm able to function on a daily basis. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm
1: that's really important. So since you started using cannabis as your medicine, instead of uh, a collection of pharmaceutical drugs, you've seen that change.
4: Yes, most definitely. I'm able to, to be my individual self, you know, as, not exactly as I was before, but uh, very close and able to be, you know, the person I was before, being a mother, a daughter, a friend, um, it's, it's amazing what drastic changes it did at the beginning, and it's, it continues to do on a daily basis.
1: So tell me a little bit about Courage in Cannabis, because I wonder if you ever saw yourself as an author prior to this, or um, if this has impacted the quality of your life, being able to come forward with your story
4: so I'd say it helped a lot with the healing and coming forward, you know, and just, I know I was open about it already, Mm -hmm. but when this happened, it was just like, it was a little shocking because it was then now public to the world. Sure. Right. Uh, Not just, you know, my loved ones and my friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was everyone, you know,
1: right? really coming out of the can of closet. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes.
4: Basically, you know, it's, they got real
1: yes Uh, yeah but
4: yes most definitely Uh, I thank Dr. Bridget for that Um, like I said it it does help the healing process as well because not only is it a daily thing that we go to as you may know for you know as sufferers um, it's the fight's not over we fight with with our illness with Mm -hmm. our individual illnesses daily and at times you know it's It could bring, you know, dark demons or dark, you know, dark areas in life Mm
1: -hmm.
4: and being able to function with cannabis. It it helps, you know, stay away from those days and be able to be the person that we want to be.
1: Yes. I love that. Thank you for sharing your story. And uh, where could people get in touch with you if they want more information?
4: They can find me on Facebook uh, under Candy Lotus or um, on Instagram as well
1: excellent and the book is called courage and cannabis Um, it's an anthology and you can read some of candy's story in there and we'll we'll look for more in the future so thanks so much for joining me today
3: this teddy here with your food is medicine minute We are talking about better quality of life and disabilities and and using cannabis and if it makes a better quality of life. And um, I know that using food as medicine definitely can make your quality of life a lot better than what it is if you're not using food as medicine. For instance, sugar. Sugar can cause inflammation which can cause a lot of pain. And so if you eat a lot of sugar, you are not having a good quality of life because you are probably in a lot of pain from inflammation. So if you add a lot of leafy greens and some fruits in the mix, you are definitely going to have a better quality of life. So make sure to use food as medicine instead of food as pleasure. For more information on food as medicine, please feel free to contact me at learn from Teddy on Facebook. Thank you.
1: It was so great chatting with Ken Estes, Candy Flores, Ms. Teddy um, about quality of life, just amazing stories. And gosh, Miss Teddy's been really busy today. We're recording on the day that New Mexico passed or implemented their recreational program, and how uh,
2: amazing is that? So there's recreational in New Mexico.
1: There is. There. Way is. to go,
2: guys! Way to go.
1: Yes, yes. Um, and for some reason, the CBD shops are crazy busy too. I think everyone's just out looking for any kind of cannabis they can buy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> someone give them. Someone give them the memo that they're not going to. I can probably smoke a lot of that. I don't know where they're going to get. They're going to be very healthy.
1: Yes. There healthy. you go. <laughs> Oh, man. So, um, so you know, I got out of the house and to a music show. Speaking uh, of a round week.
2: of applause, you got out, <laughs> yes. you finally got to see some music, some live music. Uh, yes, I got to see a couple of uh, videos from you out enjoying all those bands. Yes. And it, it, it reminded me that some of those bands played out at the festival that you threw a while yes. back. Yes.
1: Some of my favorites, of course. Um, Rachel Ammons is just phenomenal I I don't even know what else to say
2: about it if, yeah I don't know if she's human I <laughs> sometimes I just look at her I'm like is she uh-huh. is she an alien is right. she, she knows something that we don't it's she's just so amazing it's incredible to watch her play
1: so Rachel Ammons performed and then of course the lovely Rochelle Bradshaw and Hypnotion she's just amazing to watch as well yes and, the, and
2: her outfit was uh it was glow in the dark like it had lights on it it was it, pretty it amazing
1: yes, <laughs> technology that, in it <laughs> yes so um i actually um helped to figure that uh costume out together with trisha gooding from out of hand collective they're kind of uh two of my artistic partners in crime here <laughs> in I remember love. Wendy
2: was with one that was said you know what this dress needs batteries and need <laughs> lights and batteries.
1: Well I can't take credit Chris, Trisha Gooding her hashtag is light up my life and uh, so if you're looking for you know an artist that adds light it, Trisha's definitely your woman um, but the cool thing was Rochelle had a handheld um, pack where she could change the color of the lights on her dress.
2: Oh that's awesome. It was so, so awesome. She's feeling blue it's
1: Yeah, she's and I don't know if you noticed, but she had a sword also that had some um magnetic or some tape on it that was hit the lights as well. Um, I don't know if everyone realized she had a machete on her dress. (laughs) (laughs) We just need a little warrior woman uh always (laughs) with as well. That Um,
2: is awesome. It's just I'm sure it was. Did you get that moment where you're playing? They're playing, and you're just like, "Wow, this is happening!" Like, I, I got that the first time. I kind of got back into mm-hmm. an indoor venue.
1: Yeah, I was a little choked up, really, and I'm looking forward to more shows coming up uh, for sure.
2: Yeah, you know, and we're speaking of shows. We lost a uh, an amazing artist and Taylor Hawkins from mm-hmm. uh, the Foo Fighters, and uh, and a sad point is that he he died of addiction, you know, an overdose and uh, we mm-hmm. see this all the time in the rock world is, you know, it's kind of comes with the territory, some people think and, um, but it doesn't, you know, I think um, it, it it comes with the territory of being in America, not just being a rock star nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many people are dealing with opioid addiction, whether it be, and a lot of the time, most of the time, it's not even their fault, it could be a doctor's fault or, mm-hmm. or something through that. So a lot of people are dealing with the same thing that uh, the, the Foo Fighters family is and all the, right all the people that knew him. And so it's, um, you know, we paid tribute as I'm on a radio station, we paid tribute to Taylor. Um, I want to suggest something, you know, this is two buds way up for the song, right? Mm-hmm. BBC did release of uh, a song, a Foo Fighters song during the pandemic. And everyone's kind of, you know, kind of in their own spaces and doing the video com- uh, concerts and stuff. Well, they did this recording of all these artists that were holed up in their houses and they sang one of Ah, uh, Dave Grohl, one of Foo Fighters' songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor Hawkins is featured in it, and he is playing the lava lamp.
1: No, he's,
2: he's playing a lava <laughs> oh, lamp. Oh
1: my gosh!
2: And uh, but it's such an amazing video, so you can look it up on YouTube or Spotify, uh-huh. and it's under BBC Foo Fighters. Times like these.
1: Okay, BBC
2: Foo Fighters. Times like these thank you for that it's absolutely amazing it'll probably bring some tears to your eyes Mm -hmm. but uh it's it it just was so inspiring me to listen to earlier this week um and i added it to our playlist for tribute to um to taylor hawkins and want to remind people that um cannabis is a great one for that one it Uh, is it is it It got me off the
1: opiates for sure Uh, yes
2: i hope that people can maybe that are dealing with this can see that hey you know, maybe I should make a change. Maybe there is a way that I can um, make my quality of life better.
1: Yes, for sure. Talking about quality of life, that's definitely um, included. And uh, yeah, we we all grieve uh, for this loss. And really the best we can hope for is that we can all learn from it and keep moving forward with solutions for sure. And coming up next, Dr. Brian Nickel will pair a cannabis strain with our musical guest.
5: I'm Dr. Brian Nichol, your cannabis expert for CannabisExpertMD.com with a music and cannabis pairing for The Edge Show. This week's musical guest are the Sherms. Now, they're from Fayetteville, Arkansas. They're a uh, kind of a rock punk kind of uh, sound with a little bit of a pop uh, edge to it also. this is They're composed of the brothers Tim and Steve Sherman on guitars. Tim and McGuire, he's on the drums. And Ken Barr plays the bass. Now, there's a rumor that the band may be releasing their first album quite soon with the rapid release of uh, videos recently. Kind of pretend something big is going to be happening soon. I listened to Paper Dolls. Now, this was written by Tim. It starts off with uh, vocals over a single guitar. Then the rest of the very tight band joins in. Perfect rhythm, sweet backup vocals, solid lead guitar work. It's very, very well recorded and produced at Crisp Recording in Fayville. Uh, Paper dolls, it's about, I don't know, perhaps relationships not being exactly what they seem. For this, I was looking for an energizing strain to really keep up with the fast pace of the music, but uh, enough of a chill to it to deal with the topic at hand. For this, I selected based on the cannabinoid terpene profiles I have available, Natural State Medicinals White Widow. White Widow is pretty potent, 18.3% total THC. A little bit of trace CBD is present there. Terpene show a nice potent 2.38%. It is terpinaline dominant at 1.08%. Beta-caryophylline is up next at 0.46%. Limonene, Myrcene, and Pinene, they all come in right at about uh, 02 to 0.25% each. There is a little bit of humulene in there at 0.12%. Now, uh, White Widow with the Myrcene speeding the THC effects. It should give you a nice quick cerebral buzz to that. Uh, then the myrcene is going to settle down with that terpinolene to give you a bit of a relaxed, kind of chill base. That's a good thing, too, because the pinene comes up next. and That's going to be quite a bit of energy and focus. The limonene present, that's going to give you a bit of a mood lift and chase some of the blues away. The beta-cariophylline might help with some depression, and the humulene might keep you out of the cookie jar just a little bit. Now, white widow, this should be a very, very energizing strain at low to moderate doses, Uh, A bit more chill in the higher dose range. You really need to avoid this one if you are prone to having anxiety or panic attacks as it may make things worse. For more information on all things medical cannabis, be sure to check us out at CannabisExpertMD.com. We're also available on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under CannabisExpertMD. Now I present to you the Sherms with Paper doll.
1: these paper dolls I see on your
0: bedroom walls and I cry at night I'm waiting for faces to change and it was the best of game that took my best friend's
1: brain and I cry at night I'm waiting for somebody else to come by I live with a paper doll Thinking that my constant drinking's been pushing my sweet baby, dear. I live with a paper doll. That my constant drinking been pushing my sweet baby dear. I live with a paper (laughs) doll. I'm Candace Dyer. And I'm Wendy Edge, And this is Mile High News. Well, Candace, what article do you have for us this week?
6: Well, Wendy, we are definitely getting some breaking news and seeing some positive progress in the MORE Act. Today's article is out of Forbes. The U.S. House of Representatives passed the federal cannabis legalization bill, the MORE Act.
1: Wow, that's great news. I know it's passed before. Um, but it's great to see some forward-moving progress to ending cannabis prohibition.
6: Exactly. The article states that U.S. House of Representatives passed the Moore Act, a bill that would end the federal prohibition on cannabis by removing it from the list of banned-controlled substances. This is the second time that the bill has passed the House. However, it will be facing a strong headwind in the Senate. The Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement for More Act was introduced by House Judiciary Chairman Gerald Nadler. It passed 220 yay, 204 nay votes. Cannabis is legal for adult use in 19 states and for medical use in 36 states. This bill would end the federal ban, but leave it up to the state to decide.
1: Wow. Well, I think that this is a really important piece of legislation. I know it's been to the House before and uh, it didn't pass through the Senate. But, you know, even if we don't agree with certain parts of it, at least it's a step forward to ending prohibition. And it can be built upon from there, you know.
6: Definitely. That's right. We know until it's legal federally, it really isn't legal anywhere. So it's so important that this bill pass. Hopefully the Senate will listen to the American people like they're supposed to. 91% of Americans want some form of cannabis to be legal and their more important priorities cops should be focused on. Law enforcement cannot afford to chase all these small pot cases any longer. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the MORE Act is thought to have an uphill battle with the Senate, so we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, like I said, you know, it's passed the House before, and the last time the Senate didn't even vote on it, you know. I don't even know how that happens. It seems like if a bill is presented by the House that it should be voted upon, but uh, but I know that that didn't happen the last time.
6: Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senators Cory Booker and Ron Wyden are planning to finally formally introduce their bill the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act later this month. Unfortunately, it looks to me like they are competing with each other on what bill that they're going to let go through instead of being worried about the millions of lives that need cannabis to survive. They all need to wake up and look at what matters here. The American people, they say that they want cannabis as an option.
1: Yes, so true. Like you said, 92% want some form of legalization. The American people want it. The people in Congress work for us. So let's get moving here. doesn't matter. The partisan stuff is not going to help us at all. We just need to get this done. Yeah.
6: Exactly, for sure. This has been Mile High News on The Edge Show. Stay lit,
1: everyone. Well, what a great show it's been. Do you have any final thoughts about quality of life, disability and cannabis?
2: You know, a lot of people deal with disabilities. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, that you never know. Um, and through this life, everyone's going to have some disabilities. Eventually, if you're, if you're living older, mm-hmm. you're going to deal with things that are ups and downs. And everyone has grieving processes for things like this. Um, everyone has to deal with things like this and know that there's, Things out there that can help you, and cannabis can definitely be one of those. Talk to your doctor and see if that's something that uh, it, that works with your plan. But the quality of life is um, is everything when it comes to your life. How do you want to live it, and how do you want it to play out? It's your it's your choice when you get to do that. It's your movie, even if you have a disability. So I encourage you to do that and um, know that people are cheering you on, and that just because you have a disability doesn't mean That it's the end of the world. You can still keep on getting up and going, and so many people with disabilities have shown that and shown the way. And so, I encourage you to do the same.
1: Yes, great, great points. You know, I think when we talk about quality of life, you know, we're we're talking about relationships and you know, uh, work, perhaps, um, you know, leisure pursuits, you know, all the things that are components of your life. And sometimes when you have illness it's easy to kind of isolate yourself, especially we just have been through this pandemic where everyone spent much time isolated. And if you have illnesses that can be even harder, right? So I think one of the key components for me, when I was very ill and sort of isolated, you know, I changed my mind, I started moving forward and I, I would, part of my wellness plan was to leave the house every day. And it sounds really simple. And oh well, how can that improve your quality of life? But it right. it it does wonders. Even so mainly because you have to get washed and dressed, right? Yeah. And get out of the house. And maybe when you, you're just going to the corner store because it's part of your plan. So you don't have anyone anywhere really to go, but you just go to the corner store and you see someone you know, or maybe you just uh, pick up something that you wouldn't have had at home if you didn't make it out, out out the door, and little by little, the quality of life starts to improve just by that small change. So I think that's my advice uh, for everyone. Really, just uh, take small steps, and that might be just getting out of the house once every day. I love um, that. You'll Get see up. How just, it, that's the yeah. thing.
2: Get up mm-hmm. and start moving. Make that maybe if it's even just one foot forward, and
1: mm-hmm. I think
2: you have that. That's a great approach, Wendy. I think that's. That's awesome. It does get better, and and there are ways that if you start those steps, mm-hmm. and here we go.
1: You know, yes, yes, absolutely. Well, have a great week, everyone. Bye. The Ed Show is sponsored in part by Caris Healthcare, the Relevant App, Lit Premium Smoking Supplies, One Three One Inclusion Gallery, Irie Bliss Wellness, The Bomb Cannabis Body Care. Lindsey Camp with Synergy One Lending, Off-Leash Canine Training, and Green Harvest Health, inviting you to reclaim your wellness.
3: Hi, my name is Stephen Koger, and I'm running for prosecutor of Washington and Madison counties. The justice system is broken, especially here in Arkansas, and one of my first policy changes will be ending the criminalization of marijuana possession. We should not be wasting our limited resources on a plant that is legal in half the country. Instead, we will focus on fighting violent crime. We'll also make major reforms and show how ending the harmful cycles of fines and fees, of cash bail, and overly punitive probation actually saves millions of tax dollars and makes us safer. Early voting begins on May 9th, and the election is on May 24th. There's more information about me and the campaign at VoteCoger.com. That's Vote C-O-G-E-R dot com. Paid for by the committee to elect Stephen Coger.